Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael and we are here tonight for the first ever The Sample Adventures. This is our new live streaming show, which will also be out in audio only podcast at some point in the future, where we're going to take a look at various games and or settings that include a sample adventure in the box set, in the core book, in the starter set that you might buy. And mostly goals to have fun because that's always the goal. But we're also going to kind of get an idea of like, does this adventure do what it says it does in introducing how to play this game, both mechanically and for the flavor. For our first ever series, we are going to be playing the Star Wars Force and Destiny role-playing game by Fantasy Flat Games. And this, of course, is the starter set for that version of the Star Wars role-playing game. My name, of course, is Michael. You can find me at the RPG Academy on Twitter. And tonight, I am playing Kaveri Ra, who is a seeker. And I don't know what any of those things mean yet. Uh, joining us tonight also to my virtual left is Chris. Chris, will you say hello to everyone and tell them who you are playing? Hi, everyone. I am Chris. I am playing uh, Sarinda, the Guardian. And then also joining us tonight is uh, your favorite co-host and mine, the Caleb G. Caleb, say hello to everyone. Come hey, everybody. Coming in from the 0.5 Pass Black and Blue Studio, I am the Caleb G. I am playing Deo, a Zabrak mystic. And, right, and then rounding out our player cast, we have Jerry, a.k.a. is it Thule? Thule? How would you say mm-hmm. that? Yeah, okay. Thule. And all right, tell everybody who you were playing tonight and let's, you know, who you are as well. So Jerry H, uh, I'm playing a Keldor named Taras Voon. Um, I'm a Sentinel, and I've been on the run from the Empire for 15 years. And then right out, our total cast is Chris. Chris is the uh, GM of the Redemption podcast, the longest-running Star Wars actual play in the galaxy, or known galaxy, I should say. And he's going to be leading us through the box set tonight. So Chris, go ahead and say hello to everybody, and then just kick things off however you normally would. Awesome. Hello, everyone. I'm super excited to uh, play this game. Uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, one, I, I love playing Star Wars. Uh, and two, full disclosure, this is the first time in 30 plus years of running games that I've run a module. Ooh! So we're going to see how this goes. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, basically, this module is designed to teach the game. Uh, I had to tell myself as I read through it to slow down because it does slowly teach you how these funky dice work. It does teach you how to do skill challenges, how to work with your character sheet, and how combat works. So if you've ever listened to a Star Wars game or played this system, as we go through this, you'll kind of go, hey, wait, they're not doing this yet. Keyword is yet. We'll get to it. It actually flushes out. I was kind of happy with how they did it. So everybody ready? Are we good? Any questions? We're good. Perfect. Well, let's jump right into it. Just like any Star Wars one, they gave me a little crawl to read. Imagine there's a fanfare there that we cannot legally yeah, play, it's, it's, but you, you're all hearing it, you know. Yeah, yeah, in your head you can hear it. So, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, episode RPG Academy, Mountaintop Rescue. It's a dark time in the galaxy. The Jedi Order has been destroyed, and knowledge of the Force is all but lost. Only a handful of people sensitive to the Force remain, scattered across the stars and ignorant of their destiny. Humble scholar Heathen Romond has preserved a fragment of the heritage of the Jedi. Traveling through the galaxy, Romond stumbled across a number of people still strong in the Force and offered them what wisdom she could. Now, Romond has been captured by Malfax, a servant of the dark side of the Force. Compelled by Malfax to lead him to an ancient lost temple rich in ancient knowledge, Ramon has sent a signal to several of the Force-sensitive allies she has made over the course of her career. Now, drawn together, these four allies work together to rescue her. We see a ship flying through space. It's kind of just a big, boxy-looking ship. It's pretty beat up. Looks like it's been well-used. The ship breaks orbit, landing down onto a snow-clad planet. We see the ship land on a little city at the base of a series of mountains. We see the landing ramp slowly open. Who is the first character to walk out? And please describe what they look like. I think it makes sense for uh, Kaveri to come out first. Um, as, a, as a seeker, uh, I'm a Torgruta 
species. Again, I'm not super familiar. I think that's the same one that Ahsoka Katano is. Uh, so I have what look like Leku, but I don't think they're Twi'leks. I don't know if they're called the same thing. Uh, my colorations are like a blue and then almost a purplish blue. Uh, I'm wearing basically like winter gear, a uh, mixture of like fur line uh, coat with a uh, you know, puffy collar uh, coming out the sleeves and then some like leathers. Definitely kind of gives the, the vibe of like a ranger if you're familiar more with like a D&D type of um, game. And I have a long blaster rifle as well as a set of like Star Wars version of binoculars. And so as I'm exiting, I already have those up and I'm scanning our surroundings. Excellent. Who follows Kaveri down the ramp? I follow. So Deo is going to come out. Deo is a Zabrak, typical uh, red skin with black patterns tattooed all over him. He's got the uh, little crown of small horns and a couple coming down towards his nose. He is wearing a kind of dark blue robe with some white accents, very much a... Uh, a monk or a meditation kind of robe. He is going to walk down the ramp excitedly. You can see in his face, he's so excited to be on a new planet in a new environment. He's going to stop, look around, return to the ship and come back out with a jacket on. I was about to say, you might want to get something, you know? Yeah. So as, as he's coming back out, he's pulling his jacket on. He's trying to like get it over his shoulders. He's like, wow. I don't think I've ever been on a planet with this much snow on it. This is amazing. Excellent. Who is following Deo down the path? Trast will go next. Um, comes down the boarding ramp. He is a Keldor. So if you're familiar with Plo Koon from the movies, he's got the, the mask over his face. Kind of strange looking. His eyes are covered up with this like mask business. He's dressed fairly warmly with a jacket on and you probably see a blaster uh, on holstered on his leg. And um, if you look squint really close, you might see the hint of a lightsaber on a, on a belt. And uh, he's looking around and uh, taking in the, the snow and kind of steps off to the side with the others. Excellent. And last but not least coming down the ramp. Uh, you see a, uh, a woman uh, in just um winter uh, robes um just uh, or start just kind of looking uh at uh the ship as uh, she's leaving just kind of making some mental checks uh um as to what kind of needs to be uh fixed with the um the landing um because felt a little a little rocky towards the end but i mean we landed in one piece so any landing you can walk away from exactly that is very true being the seeker, you're more of the guide of the party, uh, Kaveri. You know that you've landed on the planet Spintier. You are aware that due to the frigid temperatures, the cold snow, that you could not land close enough to your mentor to just simply walk there. You guys are going to have to climb through the mountains. You're going to have to deal with the elements before you can get to finding her gear like i said we have what we need or do we need to actually like say that we have that gear on us you have the basic gear you're going to need to travel up there um, okay. you have the most basic winter gear that you can get um, you don't have like fancy heated suits that levitate or anything but it'll oh. work um, it's gonna now be that I know those exist i i kind of regret that you know it's like <laughs> i didn't know it but now that i do huh. so you're going to be leading the path so to speak you know roughly what direction to go you're going to be the best one to blaze the trail yeah we'll uh, see we... about that Taras <laughs> uh, gets out his uh comm leak and says i suggest we try a comms check to see if it works here on this planet testing one two. Oh, i can totally is hear that it. is that the thing that yeah. we can all hear because we're right next to each other or, or can we like yeah so I, it's a little like spherical or some cylindrical device that I'm talking into to make sure you can all hear me if oh. we get separated or anything. Oh, that's right. I forgot. And uh, Kaveri will absolutely have problems, even though I'll be like, I never changed my settings. Why is it that every time we do this, I can't hear you, but I never change any. I'm like shaking it and banging it. Switch to two. Oh, there we go. Click. Okay. 
Excellent. All right. So uh, I, I came out with my binoculars. Um, I'll start making our, our way. Do I know anything about the planet? Like, is there any like native life that we might be aware of or, you know, species that we might in, like as like adversaries or allies we might run into? Uh, there are several native species on here that are predators that you will have to watch out for. Good to um, know. Mostly what you're uh, more afraid of is the terrain. Hmm. So it is an icy mountain that you're going to be climbing. Is it snowing right now? Absolutely. It's snowing okay. and blowing. I mean, you've landed in, win- in winter. You're not oh, in the no. summer season. You're in the winter season. Instead of just... And ironically, a- this is one of those planets where it's not the entire planet has this uh, environment, but right where we need to go. Everywhere else is like the Bahamas. Yes, absolutely. Bastard. <laughs> um, you guys start traveling up through the snow uh, we follow you guys as you spend a few hours twisting and turning and working your way through uh, all the snow and the ice and it's frigid on your character sheets you will notice that there is a uh, stat there called strain yes mm-hmm. which is on page two uh, you are all going to take two strain due to the elements just being icy cold and rough uh, strain is just a measure of kind of your more your mental and, and almost spiritual kind of damage. The other one is wounds. That's your physical damage. Either of those ever get down to zero, you are unconscious or out of the scene for whatever reason. We okay. can always role play through how that actually works as far as being knocked out of the scene. So we're counting down. Okay. Uh, countdown, add up, whichever is easier for you. To me, it's six of one, half dozen of the other. Uh, is this the sort of thing where, like, as a seeker, I'd be like, oh, no, this is worse than I thought. We need to find shelter? Or is this, like, this is sort of the normal strain that I would expect in this type of terrain? Pretty similar to what you would expect. Think from Empire Strikes Back, you're on Hoth without a gotcha. Tauntaun to hide in. So it's pretty rough. Eventually, you guys uh, make it to a steep stone rise that's clad in snow and ice. It's not especially tall but you will need to brave the elements and exert yourself to reach the top. Uh, The path you're following continues upward in tight switchbacks exposed to howling winds. To your left, several tall evergreen trees brush against the cliff face where smaller trees cling to the cracks in the rocks. A more direct route would be to scramble straight up the rocks and ice into the valley above. In any event, you have to figure out how to get up this mountain pass. So we've, we've, Come to a point in this where you're getting your first skill challenge. Uh, looking at your character sheets, there are several different ways you can find to get up this. All you need to do is kind of pick what skill you want to use that you think would be able to use in climbing a mountain. So, for example, charm. You're probably not going to charm the mountain into being nicer. So if you can think of some creative way that you can get up here, we can then roll the dice and we'll discuss how you actually perform a skill check and remind me here chris we are we know that we are here to save our friend Mm -hmm. who called out for help yes in their message to us did they tell us anything about any dangers we might face like did they say oh my goodness i've been kidnapped by six guards or nope not that detailed all you know is that she was captured by this malfax who's a dark uh dark adept who's trying to get the ancient secrets out of this old Jedi temple. You guys know roughly where the temple is just because you've worked with her in the past. Well, I am eager to help her as quickly as possible. So I would like to start trying to climb up the mountain in front of us. Okay. See if I can find some handholds and maybe point them out to my friends. Okay. Uh, What skill are you attempting to use with that? Because there are different ways you can do it. Are you just um, brute, brute forcing your way up? or Yeah, I feel like um, maybe with athletics, I could try to be okay. climbing up the mountain. Absolutely. So the way that the skill challenges work, all of the skills in this game, everybody has access to every skill. It's based on the characteristics on the, on the sheet. So athletics is based on your brawn. Brawn is just what it sounds like, kind of your physical toughness and strength. Your character has three brawn, so you start with three green dice. Mm-hmm. 
you don't have any proficiencies in athletics. So you're going to roll the three green dice and the difficulty for this is what they call easy. So you're going to take one purple die, which is one of the difficulty die. So when you roll it on the green dice, the little, what I call explody symbols are what they call successes. So those are successes. Uh, what I call kind of like a little laurel with a, a dot above it is what's called an advantage on the purple dice. You have these little somewhat squashed triangles, I call them. Uh, that is a failure. The other symbol, which is kind of almost like the old empire symbol, is what's called a threat. When you roll your dice, so again, you're going to have three green dice, one purple die. Count the number of successes you have, then subtract the number of failures you have. Then, then we determine if you succeeded or failed at it. Then you add up your number of advantages, subtract your number of threats, and then we actually will interpret the dice from there. So we'll start with that part. I have rolled, full disclosure, I am using an online dice roller. So I will read off all of my results, but then it automatically tells me what my end result is um, because I'm real bad at thinking today. So I rolled one success, four advantages, and one threat, which as an end result is one success and three advantages. Perfect. So Dale, you make it up the cliff face. Feel free to describe how you do that, and then we'll discuss kind of the result. All right, so I kind of eagerly jump up, find a, a handhold easily. I scrabble for my feet to kind of catch up. This feels a lot like things I grew up doing on my home planet. Uh, we, as we were kind of off in the wilderness, I was always very adventurous, so I was always going off and doing things and getting into trouble. So um, I did a lot of climbing and scampering around. So this is kind of muscle memory. There is one time where one of the rocks I put my foot on breaks, but I have enough of a grip that it doesn't hinder me and I'm able to get up to the next safe space on this cliff face quite easily. Perfect. Now you had three net advantages left over, correct? Yes. You can use advantages right now to recover any strain damage that you have. So you could recover up to three, but I think you're only down two. So you yeah. back up. Can I do anything else with those advantages? Like give them to Not yet. my teammates? Okay. Not yet. <laughs> then I will just feel extra super healthy from climbing so well. That's one thing I had to tell myself too. Of, Wait, that doesn't happen till later. So, <laughs> All right. Who would like to go up next? And again, you don't have to use athletics. If there's other skills you want to use, feel free to do that. Be as creative as if you want. Looking at your character sheets, what skills you're strong in. Can I use coordination? Absolutely. Okay. So uh, the difficulty is still just the one purple? One purple and your coordination uh, looks like you have your agility is four. So you start with mm -hmm. four green dice. You actually have one rank in being trained or proficient. So one of those green dice take out and add a yellow die. Yep. The yellow die becomes one of these nice D12s. It adds it's in what's called the, the triumph symbol. Yes. Okay, so one more time. So the explodey symbols are successes. Yep, explodes are successes. All right. And then the little like circle with like almost like a helmet on top of it are advantages. Yep. Now on the and yellow then, die, it has, I think I rolled, the one I rolled has like an arrow symbol rather than the... Um, if, it's it got has, a, it, if it's got a circle with like a little almost sunburst or starburst in it, that's what's called a triumph. Triumphs are really neat. Yeah, it's not that one. It's like, it's like an arrow. Like I, I don't, I'm not explaining it very well like that. Oh, uh, okay. You actually have the um, dice for their generic role-playing system. Genesis. Uh, Genesis, yes. So those are advantages. Okay. So then I have a total of one success and a total of five advantages. Perfect. Feel free to describe how uh, Kaveri gets up there using her coordination. All right. So similar to, again, uh, you know, Deo has already kind of blazed the trail, even though he knows he's supposed to stay behind me. Like, this is kind of my thing. I also know Deo well enough to know that he's not going to do that. So I kind of spent a little bit of extra time making sure that he's still going to be okay. But then since he manages to climb up, I basically follow the same uh, footpath that he did and the same handholds, obviously ignoring the one that almost caused him to fall. 
so it was relatively easy for me to, to get up to the same spot. And then I'll take a moment and sort of look over and make sure that the other two are making it uh, as well. Perfect. And since you had the advantages left over, you can use those to heal up your strain. Okay. All right. Who would like to try to go up next? I'd like to try using uh, uh, mechanics uh, to, uh, to scale the mountain. Excellent. Uh, yep. You can use mechanics. Uh, you're going to just kind of quickly cobble together some makeshift climbing gear. Mm-hmm. All right. So your mechanics, it looks like you have one rank in that. That is based on uh, your intellect, which is a base of three. So you're actually going to roll one yellow die, two green die, and one purple die. All right. Let's see how it goes. I rolled three advantages, one threat, but one triumph. Okay. Currently, triumphs just count as a success. We'll get into the whole cool parts of triumphs later, but right now it just counts as a success. Excellent. So end result, one success, two advantages. Awesome. Um, uh, Zorinda just kind of able to uh, um, quickly fashion some climbing gear. She's used to having to uh, build uh, things kind of on the spot uh, where uh, on the um, farm that uh, she came from. So she's able to kind of figure out what she's needed, uh, what's needed fairly quickly, and then makes her way following the path of uh, uh, Deo and uh, uh, Kabari with little uh, trouble. Perfect. All right. How is Taras going to get up there? He's uh, watched three people very carefully uh, climb up there, and he sighs, uh, looks down at himself. Uh, he likes books a lot, so he's got kind of a scholarly body, but um, he likes to look before he leaps, so he was watching them where they uh, scale very carefully. I'd like to use perception to kind of chart my best path up there. Absolutely. You can use perception to kind of navigate uh, the safest path. So perception looks like that is a base of three. Uh, You are trained in it with one skill. So you're going to go ahead and roll one yellow die, two green die, and one purple die. It nets to three success and one advantage. Excellent. Uh, Tarast, you can describe how you go up there and you get up there safely. So I take a deep breath before I start my ascent and keep in my mind uh, where to go and where not to go. And uh, fairly quickly, uh, my plan works out for me and I uh, get to the top and uh, look behind me and kind of shake my head like, uh, glad I, that worked out for me. Having reached the top of the steep climb, uh, you guys all pause a moment to take in the view. Right now, you're very high up in the slopes of the mountain. Spread out before you, there's this really nice tapestry of icy peaks, snow-clad forests, and and some rolling hills. Above you, you still have a a formidable summit to climb as you're climbing up what they call Mount Telic. Um, You figure it's going to be at least another hour of hard going before you're going to reach the temple where Malifax is holding your mentor. As you guys begin your descent further up, in front of you, a blue ghostly figure appears it's a tall male serene so that's the species that have kind of the elongated heads he has white long mustache that comes down he simply looks at you and says hello i am the gatekeeper welcome to my valley you got a key master anywhere yeah i was waiting for it (laughs) Uh, you've handled the climb well you may yet be useful, but first I must know, what is your purpose here? Deo is a little bit headstrong, so he's going to kind of push his way forward. We're here to rescue a friend who needs our help. And what friend might that be? I'm going to say her name because the character remembers it, but Caleb doesn't. Uh, where is it? Romand. Romand. He found Romand. <laughs> I was scrolling. Oh, um, good. It's, uh, it, it's our friend named Romand. And what do you intend to do when you find Romand? Uh, I'm kind of looking at everybody else. This is like, it's sunk in that this is kind of weird at this point, but I'm still forging ahead. Um, Can I do like a vibe check on this thing? Absolutely. Are you trying to get the impression on what the gatekeeper's intentions are? 
Right. So if we were like, yeah, we're going to rescue our friend and fly out of here. Is that not what they want to hear sort of a thing? Like, are their intentions towards us potentially negative? Okay. Uh, make a perception roll. For me, that's one yellow, two green. Yep. And what's my difficulty? Difficulty on this is just easy again. So just one purple die. Okay. I think I have Star Wars dice now. I think I switched them out. So it might be a little easier. Okay. Then I succeeded with one advantage. Perfect. You can get the impression uh, this gatekeeper is very protective of this valley. And they really want to know truly what your intentions are. There's no hostility, outward hostility towards you, but there's very much a, why are you here? What are you doing? You're in my valley. Gotcha. Uh, So I feel like as a group, we've probably spent at least a little bit of time together. I mean, we Mm -hmm. were on the Mm -hmm. trip here. I don't think that Kaveri is the face of the group. So is there someone that I would assume would step forward and be the face? I feel like Deo is always the, the kid getting his foot in his mouth. So maybe a better question is who is best at recovering from any mistakes that Deo does? Very possibly. And that I'm not necessarily was, like trying to like, you know, min max necessarily the thing, but I think it just makes sense if someone is better at that to let them do their thing. So who has a good charm score or a good like social negotiation score? And it's me. Uh, and also, also me. Uh, but as a kind of way to like, like you said, kind of bail out uh, Deo, um, Sorendo kind of will step up. We merely wish to just uh, help our, our friend. We will, we will not stay, uh, travel through your valley for any longer than necessary. We don't wish you any, har- uh, any harm. My valley is already in turmoil. I cannot have more. Maybe we can help with that. Prove to me how. We can remove uh, the turmoil that's uh, already causing uh, damage to your valley. Make muscles. We're strong. We're good. We're good at solving problems. How can we help you so you can help us? What What proof do you need? I need to know what is in your hearts. I know nothing about you other than you are here. Who are you and why are you here in my valley? Other than to rescue your mentor, which one is your mentor? There's more than one. Currently, you have Malif- Malfax and Romond. Out of character, do we know about Malfax? You know, he stole your mentor and he's a dark side adept. So we do know that. Okay. And Ours would be the one that's kidnapped, not the kidnapper. Right. right. We're the kidnappees who we're after. Is, is Romond a, a human or is, is, is she some other species? That's a great question. I'm thinking how I would describe her. Yes. Yeah, she's uh, she she's she's the the human. She's got long brown hair. She has a uh, like a dark blue cloak. She, I, I I think she was taken here against her will. Maybe that's who's causing this turmoil. If if we can stop him, we can also save your valley. Very well. So you follow a similar code to the one that is kidnapped. Yes, we do. Yeah, she's Generally been teaching us. Speaking. That code says that we should be compassionate towards all living beings. Exactly. Yes. I mean, all? I mean, we definitely strive for compassion for everyone. Uh, Most. Definitely most. All on board with most. All is a bit of a stretch. Very well. What else do you know about the Jedi Code? At this point, whoever has the highest knowledge skill is going to make a role. I, I have guess three green. green. Uh, yellow and two green. I have yellow, green, blue. Green, blue, and you said a yellow and two green. Did somebody else say a yellow and two green? Yes. Yellow and two green is actually still better because it's not a six-sider, it's an eight-sider. So go ahead and make a knowledge check. So we all look at Tarask. You're going to make actually an opposed roll with the gatekeeper. Uh, this is a situation where you're not rolling on just a set number. You're rolling on the difficulty of the opposed character's skill. Now, in this case, the actual gatekeeper has some training and knowledge. So you're actually going to upgrade your difficulty. Uh, Normally it would be three purple because this is a hard check. The gatekeeper has training of two in this. So you're actually going to roll two red dice and a purple die. 
the red dot uh, adds in the uh, despair symbol, which looks kind of like the crushed triangle with a circle around it. Uh, right now, that just counts as a failure. All right, so Tress searches his memory and nets to two successes, one threat. Okay. Ooh. So the other three watch as Tress and the gatekeeper have this conversation back and forth about the Jedi code. I feel like maybe Deo's getting a little impatient, maybe tapping his foot a little bit. Eventually, though, the gatekeeper seems pleased with your knowledge of the Force and the Jedi code specifically. He says, very well. I can tell you that Romond is still alive, but you must hurry. Malfax is polluting the valley. There are native creatures and native inhabitants that are being affected. They will do everything they can to stop you. Is there anything will, you can do to help us? I will warn you when I can. I will try to influence him as I can. But please understand, I am merely a projection of a previous owner's knowledge. Hmm. Which, if anybody would like to make a knowledge check on that, feel free to roll an average knowledge check, which is just two purple dice. Sure. I would love to do that. Matter of fact, all of you can if you'd like. Two purples? Correct. Taras got two successes. Okay. I just got the, a net of one success. Okay. I got mine, a net of one failure. Mine worked out to one advantage. Perfect. <laughs> so you don't hurt yourself while you're thinking about it. But for the two that succeeded, uh, the concept of a projection of a former master's intentions or thoughts sounds a lot like what you would see in a holocron when you try to actually open it up. There's always some sort of projection that comes out that you have to prove yourself to before you can actually interact with the holocron. Huh. Odd that the projection is way out here and not right directly with the holocron, but that's the, the best you can come up with because it's definitely not some sort of force projection as far as you can tell. Okay, so let's, let's hurry. Let's hurry. We, we've been spending so much time here. Can you, can you tell us the best direction to go to get there fast and make up some lost time? You're already on the most direct path you can. Cool. Let's go. Do you have any other questions before you proceed? These creatures that you say, uh, said are going to try to stop us. Or do, you, are we, do we try to just incapacitate them or try to avoid them? Or does it cause damage if we, if we just... She kind of trails off. Most are being affected by the dark side. They know not what they are doing. Do your best to do as little harm as you can. But if you are forced to, do what you have to save yourself. Gatekeeper is a Malifax alone, or does he have help? He does have help. He has hired a team, and they are spread out throughout this area as well. Fantastic. Kind of complicate things. Well, standing here freezing my uh, lake who's off isn't helping anybody, so why don't we uh, get moving? Agreed. So Dale had already taken off. He ran through the projection. <laughs> so it, it like fizzled. And then while you kept talking, it was like come back together. And I'm like, oh, Dale, don't run off too far. Don't stay back there doing nothing. We're getting information. And I'm taking action. Sorinda chases after. I'll look over Trask and kind of give the what you going to do, shrug shoulders, and then I'll heft my blaster rifle back over my shoulder and trudge on. I'll look before you leap. Oh, it's pretty easy with Deo leading. If he disappears, you know not to leap that way. <laughs> I apologize in advance for the sudden and dumb choices I'm going to make here. <laughs> I love it. I love the eager, enthusiastic apprentice trying to prove himself. You guys begin the journey through the beautiful wind and snow and extremely warm temperatures of the frigid cold air. Uh, you travel not too far, probably about another 15 to 20 minutes. And Terrest, you hear the, the gatekeeper whisper in your ear. Uh, a group of hunters now approaches your position. Their mind is clouded by the dark side. Even if you try to evade them now, they will continue to hunt you and they will find you. I will lead you to a ruin not far from a lake. 
you can conceal yourself and strike from an ambush. Please remember, take kindness, at least leave some of them alive. Go quickly now, we only have a few moments. Projection slowly leads you in a direction towards this little ruined area. And I'm the only one that heard the gatekeeper's voice? Correct. So I'll say stop. The gatekeeper just spoke in my mind. There's some uh, hunters, uh, some locals that are uh, following us. Uh, they've been sort of like corrupted somehow. The gatekeeper's telling us to go to some ruins and that direction is the best way. We should try not to hurt them if we can, I, I guess. Uh, I guess if nothing else, this will finally t- tell us if we can trust this thing. It's yeah. leading us into an ambush. Not trustworthy. Is the direction like off to the side from where we were headed our, our original path? Is Correct. it behind us? Okay, so it's kind of off to the side. Yep, it's off to the side. As Terras is leading you guys, following the gatekeeper, uh, you guys pass through some snowy trees. You come to a small bridge. Uh, you cross that bridge, and then you find the ruins that were mentioned. And you start hiding yourself just mere seconds before there's four fur-clad hunters that all enter the ruins. Uh, they're all holding old-style slug-throwing rifles, and they are all looking around. A couple of them have blood already dabbled on their face. Now they are in the center of the ruin, and it's your guys' turn to act. So this is going to be our first combat. Right now, initiative order is already predetermined. So it's going to be three PC slots, an NPC slot, then a PC slot. As we go through the initiative, uh, it's very fluid. So I'll just say, hey, it's a PC slot. Whoever has not acted that round, you guys can choose who's going to go next. So it's not a preset like Kavari goes first, then Taras, then Sarinda. Literally, you can end a round and then begin the next round with your action as well, whatever cinematically works out. So these four fur-clad hunters are in the center of the village, and it is a first PC slot. You guys kind of have surprise on them. So who would like to go first, and what would you like to do? Yeah, I think it kind of makes sense for me, as I am sort of the hunter. I know I don't know everybody else's weapons, but I have a long-range rifle, so I think I would set up and take a shot. I'll probably, can you aim for a leg? Is that a thing you can do in the game? Like not do a kill yes. shot? Yes, you can. So if you're, you're going to pull up your rifle, uh, right now they're in medium range. The way that uh, you determine difficulty in combat, first thing we have to do with a ranged weapon is determine how far away they are. Okay. Uh, the system is very fluid with its descriptions. You have short range, which is just several meters, medium range, which is, they say, dozens of meters, long range, which is obviously beyond that. And then there's something called extreme range, but we're not going to deal with extreme range. Okay. So right now you're in, you're in medium range. So it's okay. two purple dice is your difficulty. Uh, they do not have any armor on. So it's just whatever your ranged heavy skill is adding in the two purple dice. You said you're going to aim specifically for a leg. Yeah. Yes, you can do that. Aiming adds two of the black six-sided dice on there. Okay. Those are called setback dice. Um, those just are generally set up for environmental situations or called shots, or if different things happen that will add them to it, we'll explain those as things happen. So, all right. So, um, roll all those dice and we'll see how it comes up. So, I'm going to take a moment to sort of get behind like some sort of mound, lay out my rifle, you know, get it basically in like sniper sort of position, taking a deep breath, hold it, focus in. I'm kind of like, you'll say they like where the scope looks at one and then it looks at the other and it's kind of like checking them out. And then I'm going to just pull down on what the, the right leg of the, whoever's in front. If I can maybe take them out, maybe that'll just stop all of them. So it sounds like you ended up with two successes and a couple advantages left over. Yep. So you do hit the first guy. Uh, okay. You're going to do your damage. Damage in this game is pretty simple. Your weapon has a base damage, which should be on your character sheet. It's nine plus one for each success. Correct. Rolled, is that success that I still have or is it just success rolled? Because that would be a difference. Net successes. Okay, so then that was going to be 11 points of damage. Your called shot, you were intending to wound, not kill. So your shot hits his leg. He falls to the ground screaming as he's holding onto his leg. 
He seems to be focused solely on his leg at the moment. Okay. Um, before the next piece he goes, I should probably have explained this first. In, <laughs> in combat, you have uh, two things you can do. You always can take an action. Uh, actions are things like make an attack, use a, a second maneuver, which I'll talk about maneuvers in just a second, or you can use an enforceability. Pretty much anytime you're going to roll the dice, it's going to pretty much be an action. The second thing you can do in combat is what's called a maneuver. A maneuver can be as simple as moving from one range band to the next, uh, readying a weapon, using a stim pack, which is like a healing potion, opening and closing a door, aiming. Uh, you can aim, which would normally give you a boost, or as you did, take specific aim at a, a called area. You can also take cover, which gives enemies setback dice that make things a little more difficult for them to hit you. Okay. Uh, you can take a second maneuver at any time in a combat that just gives you two strain damage for pushing yourself beyond kind of your normal limits. Well, I'm I think for this that, game, I'm not going to do that. I want everybody to get their shot here. Perfect. Um, you can't take a second action. You can just take a second maneuver. Gotcha, gotcha. So you can't okay. shoot twice, but you can move, then aim, then shoot if you want. Uh, I'm already, I, I already acted or, or went on the assumption that you guys already had your weapons out. So I don't, I'm figuring you guys don't have to spend a maneuver to take your weapons out because you guys were kind of planning an ambush. So, so next PC, who would like to go second? Rest will go. I'd like to duck behind a nearby tree and uh, take aim at a different uh, hunter and try to hit him in the in the leg as well. So it's going to be uh, pretty much the same roll that Michael made. So you're going to have your two purple dice with your two black dice. And then whatever your ranged uh, attack is, I guess, actually, I guess the question I should have asked you, Michael, does your weapon have a stun setting and would you have used that? It doesn't say that it does. So okay. for me, the, the altruistic thing would be the leg shot. So that's. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. Uh, yeah, pretty much. They don't have any qualities on weapons. So never mind. I guess we could just kind of play it that um, if you want, there is a stun setting. Or we could just play it the way you did it. Doesn't matter to me. Um, okay. Can, it, can it reach medium range? If, if it does have a stun say, I have a blaster pistol myself. My understanding is the range on stun and normal is, is the same. Okay. They don't have any qualities on the weapon, so we won't even worry about it. I'd go stun then. I got a net of one failure, it looks like. Oh. All right. So Tress fires away and hits the snow next to one of the bad guys. And of course at Star Wars, there's a little puff of snow as it goes up and some sizzle as we see the snow melt a little bit. Uh, who would like to go next? Uh, I can. Yeah, um, go ahead. Okay. Sorinda does not have a blaster. Um, so uh, she, once the first couple shots uh, go off, she runs out from the, uh, her cover and uh, runs up to the nearest hunter and just kind of, goes to uh, throw uh, or just kind of sweep uh, sweep their leg to try to knock them uh, over. Okay, so you're going to make a brawl check then? Yes. Perfect. Roll your brawl check. All hand-to-hand uh, -hand or melee damage is uh, dam uh, base difficulty of two purple dice. Okay, brawl is one yellow and two green. Two purple... Uh, two successes. Perfect. Um, what is your base damage? It should list that right on there. Three. Okay. And you had two overall successes, so your total damage is five. Yep. Uh, I'm going to say you went against uh, number two on my list. Now, the way damage is dealt to uh, anybody at any time, um, you all have what's called a soak value. That soak value is basically damage reduction in other systems. So in this case, Chris has done five damage. Uh, these hunters have a soak of three. So I'm going to subtract three damage from the five. So they net two damage to it. Okay. So if you if you guys get any damage, I will try to remember to tell you to minus your soak. But if I forget, minus your soak. That's also included in if you take any kind of strain damage uh, as opposed with an enemy. There are some things that will bypass that, but we're not going to worry about that right now. It is the hunter's turn. There are three of them left. And they have been attacked by three people. So we are going to have the first one fire at 
Kaveri because she attacked him first. So he fires his slug thrower at you. And I have a complete wash is next to you. You're kind of hiding behind some of the ruins and you see a section of this little brick kind of explode next to you. And now there's a little hole in the brick. I do think where I turn away just in time and like the fragments go over. And then I look out, I'll look through the hole that they just created and see them. Yeah. Uh, the next one's going to fire at uh, Taras because you fired it at them. I'd have tree if it matters. <laughs> it could because you did say you were going to do that and it did matter. Uh, he has a total of uh, one advantage. He hits the tree next to you as well. Uh, the last one is going to step away from uh, Sorinda, and he's going to fire his slug thrower. Fortunately for him, you are in short range, not medium range. That decreases his difficulty by one. So he has one success and one threat. So mm. you take eight damage, again, minus your soak. And then what would you like the threat to be? Can you remind me oh. what uh, I can use those for? Absolutely. Threats can be anytime you, there's a threat rolled. Uh, if a PC rolls it, then the GM gets to decide how that threat is going to be handled. Uh, threats can, I can simply inflict strain on you that you can't soak. Uh, I could give you, um, I could give the opponent's bonus dice to hit you or the blue boost dice. I can give you uh, setback dice on your next roll. Uh, I could give them different little cinematic type feels mm -hmm. for it. Could uh, could it be a, a blue dice for the next uh, PC? Sure. Uh, by having to uh, uh, take a step back, it uh, puts uh, him in range uh, or good range for um, a shot. Perfect. And uh, the last person to go in this round is Deo. Uh, one of these hunters that was the one that in front of Sorinda has slipped a little bit and it's got his back to you. So quick question first. Mm -hmm. Could we say that the three hunters who are remaining are all kind of grouped together or are they all spread apart? Uh, they're all within short range of each other. Okay. So they're pretty much grouped together. Okay. So uh, you said we were in some ruins that we were hiding. Mm -hmm. So if possible, I would like to maybe off the ground a little bit and take my walking stick jam it underneath uh, maybe a piece of this rubble and try to shove it down on top of them. Okay. Excellent. I like that. Let's go with an athletics check. Okay. And it sounds like it's probably going to be pretty, a hard check. So that would be three purple dice would be your difficulty. Okay. And remember you get a blue boost die that uh, Sorinda gave you. Okay. So I am rolling three green, three purple and one blue. It's a wash. So I'll let you decide. Do you actually dislodge a rock and is it rolling down or are you still fighting with this rock to get it to roll down? <laughs> so I think it would be funnier if I do succeed at tipping the part of this ruins over, but I miscalculated like the angle I was at. So it just fell flat in front of me and I'm just like totally out in the open, like, oops, at this point in time. Excellent. <laughs> Hi, guys. What's up? You're holding your stick, like trying to hide behind it. <laughs> so that is the first round of combat. So we start over at the top of the order. So we have uh, the first PC slot. So who would like to go first? I mean, Dale could go again and see if you can. Yeah, could, could, could absolutely I capitalize and try to redeem myself. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So, so I tip this piece of the ruins over. It does nothing. So uh, I'm going to like pause for a second the dust settles and then i'm going to charge forward uh, and try to hit the one that was attacking surrenda with my walking staff perfect uh, so you're going to roll two purple dice and your walking staff skill is going to be based on melee I yep, and that's three green well i'm having bad luck because my end result is one threat perfect oh. i think that uh, you slip yep on the ice and bump into Sorinda. So Sorinda is going to get a, a black setback dice as she's trying hard not to fall on the ice with Dale. So like I skid on the ice and I slam into you. Oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> we're kind of okay. all tangled up. So for the record, Deo is officially the Jar Jar Binks of this group. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.